Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Three, two, one. Tim, it's Majors Week. Welcome to the Hank Haney Podcast. Saturday Strong Edition. Doing, uh, we're doing it on Friday morning early. Round one is in the books. PGA Championship, Southern Hills. Tim, your thoughts? Well, the PGA Championship is so far a great event. And it has delivered every single year for the past several years. And people want to hear our thoughts on the PGA Championship, but... I think people are more so eagerly awaiting the great predictor's speech in Massachusetts for son Greg's wedding. What? Is that what we're doing? Is that what we're doing first? The wedding? Oh, my speech. It was really just to thank you for being there. I was told to keep it short. It's not about me. So uh, we had people from all over the country. We had some folks drive in from Wyoming. Took him three days to get to Northwest Massachusetts. Had some people come from the East Coast, a lot from California. Uh, the bride's, some of her family is from California. Obviously, my family's from California. We had a little Johnson showing uh, at the wedding. It was nice. Uh, but basically, I just said, hey, you know what? We're all uh, from different parts of the country. We gathered here to celebrate Greg and Talia. And Despite all of the differences and where we're coming from, we have one thing in common. And that is that we both love Greg and Talia. We want to see them do the best. We are going to support them and encourage them and all those things. And I thought you were going to say it's because we both love Christ. But. Well, um, you know, I, I don't know if I could have said that with everyone there. Um, mm-hmm. We had uh, some Old Testament uh, believers there. And then we had some. Uh, non-believers and uh then we had had our share of believers as well but nonetheless uh it's a great outreach and uh it was uh let's see it started at the rehearsal started at 4 30 the dinner of 5 30 or 6 uh 37 people at the dinner nice dinner that i hosted and then uh, greg asked me to host the cocktail reception afterward and his his i tell you what his buddies can drink. <laughs> they shut him off at 1245 and uh, I went the next morning and paid the tab. Wow. Yeah. Look at you. Paying the nice. big bucks. It was nice. It, it was good. A great group of friends that they have, really tight. Uh, you know, Tim, typically when you're in school, whether it be high school, college, you typically, the friends that you, you build a bond with are guys that are in the same class that you're in, you know, the same year. Because you're with each other for four years. But it surprised me that Greg, at his wedding, some of the guys that were on the hockey team, when, when he was a freshman, were seniors. They're still really good friends. So um, it's neat. It, 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 that was a neat thing. It was neat for me to see and get to be around his friends and, and, and Talia's friends as well. 
very nice. All of them very smart, much smarter than me. Didn't get I didn't get in an argument with them because I would have lost. Did you get hammered too? No drinky. No, no drinky. drinky for Steve. No. Okay. No. no. Yeah. It's good to have an adult in the room. Yeah. Then they had a concert afterward at, uh, from 1030 to whenever a group from New York came in and played at uh, this place called, they call it the Log, L-O-G, the Log. It's like a log cabin on the inside. That's right on the campus there. And it was, uh, it was loud and it was festive. Hmm. And now they're in Greece. The newlyweds are in Greece. And, uh, and it's because you wore a mask. That's why. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Now let's are, get to the, what, yeah. oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to ask if you wore a mask on the way home, too. But. No, I didn't. I asked Michelle. I was being facetious. I said, do we have to wear a mask on the way home, too? <laughs> we were the only two wearing a mask on the way there, by the way. Hey. So, but, but we honored. We honored. We honored the wishes. You did. Now, let's get to the big news. Big okay. news. That was, that was nice news. That was personal news. But let's get to the big news in the world of golf. PGA Championship, Southern Hills, Tulsa, Oklahoma. Um, just like most cities in the country right now, the, Tulsa, Oklahoma is booming. And not because of the oil, uh, the oil uh, you know, exploration and refinement and all that, but because people are trying to get out of these, these areas like in New York and California where the taxes are really high, a uh, lot of regulations, a lot of mandates. Uh, so they're, they're seeking higher ground, which not necessarily geographic higher ground, but uh, uh, personal liberty higher ground. So Tulsa is booming. Dallas is booming. Even I, I can't say that Northwest Massachusetts is booming, but it's neat to have to see a different part of the country and to see the golf type of golf courses that they have in different parts of the country. This looks like not necessarily like old school golf, but it, it does look like, hey, man, this this course is uh, this is a big boys course right here, don't you think, Tim? A lot of people say it's very reminiscent of Augusta National. Uh, I think they're talking about hole number. There's a hole at Southern Hills where it's very reminiscent of hole number seven at Augusta. It looks exactly the same. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Uh, and it's because the designer, I think, of the hole was also also helped coordinate things at Augusta National. So there's okay. connections between the two courses. And like you said before the podcast, uh, before the tournament even started. Southern Hills is a very hilly place, a lot of undulations near the greens on the way to the green. And um, yeah, it's a it's an interesting course to watch. That's for sure. It's a good challenge for the players. And that's what the PGA Championship does so well. It is the best challenge for the players, and it's the most fair challenge for the players. The U.S. Open gets too deep in their challenges. The British Open, it's a luck of the draw based on the weather. And the PGA Championship, they do the best job of making it fair, but also challenging. So expand on that. I mean, why is it the most fair? Is it the way they set the course up? Is it the how they mow the fairways and the greens? Uh, because we haven't seen really, I mean, they, what do they have, 156 players? They've got to get those guys. I was watching last night. Gosh, Tim, it was, must have been 7, 7.30, 8 o'clock Central Time. And there's still guys finishing. Old Patton Kazire's out there, and he's trying to get finished. So that's a long, long day there. And one of the things that's kind of goofy about that course is that you've got, two, like, for example, number nine and 18. They're right next to each other. 
Yeah. The greens are right next to each other. So when someone's putting on nine, you can't put on 18. So it's kind of a goofy. It is a weird layout. Goofy it is, setup. It is a strange, it is a strange setup. And that's the case on several different holes on the front nine, too. That's not just nine and 18. That's like five and six and six and seven. It's pretty weird. Yeah. And then there's one hole where you tee off and you hit over guys on the on the on another hole on the golf course, which I mean, for those guys, it's not going to be an issue because they get the ball in the air. But can you imagine during a club tournament, guys hitting grounders and <laughs> popping them up and all that? And uh, that could be it's a danger zone out there. If I didn't know that that course was in Tulsa, you could say that that course was in Brookline, Massachusetts, and I would believe you. Really? Yeah. It's got old school clubhouse. Uh, they didn't move a lot of dirt. It wasn't a manufactured course. You can tell that Southern Hills is on a hill. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the first hole, I mean, you walk down, it's like a ski slope walking down that first fairway. Right. And you asked me why I think it's the most fair and challenging test. And the answer is that the golf course is never the story. I mean, this golf course was interesting. I mean, it's got those weird holes where you're hitting over holes, hitting, you got to wait to hit or whatever. But the players always tell the story in the PGA Championship, whether it's Colin Morikawa's drive a couple of years ago on that par four that landed on the green and he made the eagle, or Phil Mickelson last year, or uh, Jason Day or Rory McIlroy's victories. It's always about the player that wins the PGA Championship. And it's never about the conditions or about the course or the way the course is set up. And it's a fair test in terms of like, the green speeds aren't too fast, but it's slopey, so you need to put yourself in the right position. But if you do put yourself in the right position, they aren't going to fall off the green. Okay, not yet anyway. Yeah. Not yet. Uh, I, I've heard that they redesigned either 9 or 18 because that's what was happening, Tim. The ball was hitting on the green and was spinning back off the green, and uh, guys would putt. Yesterday I heard one of the guys putt, putted a ball off the green. You know, from on the green to off the green. But uh, let's get into a little bit more specifics here. Let's uh, the, the big story of this week is the the team of twenty, right? The team <laughs> of the twenty story. The team of twenty. For those of you that don't know, are PGA Club pros who played in an inner squad game. They call it the PGA Club Pro Championship. They finished in the top twenty, and those top twenty used to be forty. Tim used to be forty. Now it's twenty. Uh, they got a spot in the PGA Championship, and uh, all I've got to say is I'm going to say one, one number. Okay, Are you apologizing? No, 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 not yet. Uh, one number. There are some good players. There's some better players, and we'll we'll get into the specifics here in a second. But all I've got to say is one fifty-seven. One fifty-seven. One fifty-seven. Yep. You know what that stands for? I do not know what that stands. That's for. a cumulative. Amount over par the team of 20 is. Okay, well, let's... Uh, 157 over par. That's an average. If you average those out, Tim, that's almost eight over par per player. Hmm, that's tough. Okay, so let's not even get into the the argument that it's it, it makes the, the, uh, the event, that they earn their way there, that it makes the event better, that it adds to the event, that it promotes golf. There's 20 players that have probably a couple dozen fans at each course. 
So what it means, it means, let's say for 24, you've got uh, uh, 480 people that enjoy the fact that this team of 20 are there. <laughs> I enjoy that they're there. Why is that? Well, three of them shot better than Tiger Woods in the first round. Yes, but like I said yesterday, it's not over yet. It's not over yet, not but over the yet. first round, they shot better than Tiger Woods, Harry Higgs, okay. Zach Johnson, Cameron Champ, Jason Kokrak, Russell Knox, okay. Sergio Garcia. So Tiger Woods, Johnson, was, Tiger Woods John was four Ron. over par, right? Four over par. Yep. Tiger Woods is nine off the lead after the first round. Yeah. So. He's done. The average. If they if they averaged eight over par, one guy was two over par. Uh, let, let's give him some some credit. Jesse Mueller, he's the guy that won the Club Pro Championship a few weeks ago, and he's two over on his first round. It's pretty damn good showing, man. It is. Alex Beach and Matt Bochert, Borchert, they're both three over. Sean McCarty wishes he could disappear right now. He's twelve over par. Zach Oakley, eleven over par. Uh, just uh, for the most part, we had a bunch of guys at eight over par that uh, that right at the average of the team of 20. Well, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. We've got 10 guys that shot eight over par yesterday that were the club pros. Yeah. I understand oh. why you don't want them in the tournament because of the value that they bring. I'm not saying people show up to watch the club pros. However, people aren't showing up to watch Min Hu Lee, Brian Harmon, Sebastian Munez, Richard okay. Bland. So let's go on the other side because get rid of all a, these guys, right? But this is an this is an area that we I, I've been very critical of too in other tournaments. Uh, guys that are happy to be there, guys past winners that have absolutely no chance to win the tournament. Uh, they won the the event as many as uh, 10, 15 years ago. But I tell you what, at the PGA Championship, our past winners have had a great showing. Uh, let me start from the bottom up. Sean McKeel, who has no status out on the PGA Tour, who's probably retired from the PGA Tour now, shot six over. That's pretty damn good. Zach Johnson, the only status that, that he will have is probably he's going to be a Hall of Famer, but he's no factor in any tournament on the PGA Tour anymore. Four over. Rich Beam, who's a, a golf course announcer now, is a walking announcer for, P, for XM Radio, for CBS. Three over. Pretty mm. damn good. Yeah. Y.E. Yang. Y.E. Yang. 2009. Plus one. What a hell of a round. He had a great round. He's, he could make the cut. He owns and, Tiger Woods. And the biggest surprise that, that I've seen uh, from past winners, you know who it is. You know who I'm going to say. I do. Jay Daly. John Daly yes, shot two, two over. I mean, he, he had it under par there for a while. Uh, and there's some interesting stats. Like I picked up some interesting stats on John Daly. You know how they have the Tiger Tracker, Tim? Yes. The Tiger Tracker? They've got the, the Daily Tracker. Did you? Okay, so this they followed John Daly. He's not looking good. But they followed him. And you know how everyone's kind of into health now. I mean, they, they're eating their power bars, and they've got snacks, and you know they've got their powdered drinks and stuff like that. Here's what John Daly did in the first 18 holes. Is this what you're talking about? Yes, I saw this. Okay. This amazing. So, he had 21 cigarettes. <laughs> this is fact, factual. Yeah, I, I 21 believe, I, cigarettes. I believe it. He had in 18 holes 12 diet cokes. <laughs> he had six packs of peanut M&Ms. Hmm. And zero 
zero ounces of water. None. <laughs> How zero. does he survive? What's he drinking out well, there? Well, I can still Diet remember. Coke. This is a long time. It was a long time ago. He had, uh, it almost looked like the DTs, the detox sh- shivering, and it was hot, and he got cold, and and he couldn't stop shivering. Uh, this guy's a this is guy's an accident waiting to happen out there. Um, but plus two. Hmm. Looks like he could beat Tiger by two. How about that? Wow. Huh. That's what makes the PGA championship interesting. You've got these different personalities. Um, now Hank always talks about you 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 see a great course set up and a great course and a great championship when you have great players up at the top. So Let's take a break real quick, and then we're going we're gonna to explore, instead of exploring the, the bottom of the, the barrel, the, t- the, the team of 20, who is uh, down in the lower, lower, uh, I would say the bowels of the leaderboard. Uh, let's look at the top part of the leaderboard, and you can, uh, you can give me your thoughts when we get back. That sounds good. Everyone go to voodoopainleaf.com for a free two-week supply of Voodoo Pain Relief Cream. The bottom of the barrel, the top 20 of the PGA Club pros who are going to miss the cut need to go to voodoopainleaf.com to rub out this pain that they're getting at this golf course. Or maybe the Rich Beams, John Daly's of the world, maybe they need to go to voodoopainleaf.com for their free two-week supply because of their soreness that's going to happen after playing their first round of golf in a really, really, really long time. voodoopainleaf.com, it's a patented formula. It's going to help you with your aches and pains. voodoopainleaf.com. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Reality Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're talking tea, we're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Here are some examples of what you'll hear from us on Rappaport's Reality Podcast. This is where we discuss all things reality TV, all things popular culture. And a little bit of Rappaport's reality, the reality of bit. us. We're a figuring out. And if we had been recording these last four or five days, Ooh. it, it would have been, Ooh, a, been the podcast would have taken a, a, a left turn. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carmen and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose Podcast. On Purpose is dedicated to helping you be happier, healthier, and more healed. 
This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how he got comfortable with fear, navigating the changes in relationships, and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. This conversation shows a never seen before side to Orlando Bloom and his unique life journey. I think we all struggle sometimes to really deeply believe that we are enough, that we're valued, that we're valuable. You know, we're imprinted by our parents from the age of zero to seven, right? Mm. I'm constantly trying to go like, how do I detach from my, this idea of what, do, is, that, is that my baggage? I look like my baggage. I mean, I know, oh, okay, that's mine. Let's unpack that. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Tim, we had a really good first segment, don't you think? I think so. I think we delivered. High energy. High energy. So now we're going to explore the top part of the leaderboard. And um, the big story of the day was Rory McIlroy getting off to a good start. He's had some horrible starts in majors. He averages over par in uh, first round of the majors. Uh, in the recent history. Now, he shot five under par. He's leading uh, a group of two guys, Tom Hoagie and Will Zelatoris, by a shot. He tees off this afternoon, so he's going to wait a little bit. He get gets to watch TV. I wonder if those guys watch ESPN Plus, because, you know, ESPN Plus, for a fee, you can get in there. You said that you spent $7.50 yesterday. Is that correct? I did spend $7.50. Okay. To watch featured players, you can see every shot. You can see how... On the green, and I would think that this could be some somewhat of an advantage, Tim. You know, like players on the PGA Tour, when you play in a PGA event, you play USGA rules that once the competition starts, the players can't go out on the course and check it out. Uh, they can go out there to play, obviously, but they can't go out there and do a little reconnaissance and see wh- which way the the uh, greens break, where, where the pin is located, get some firsthand knowledge. But that being said, players not being able to, to be on the course until it's their time, their tee time. When you watch like an ESPN Plus and you can see every shot that guys are hitting, don't you think that's an advantage for someone that tees off later and they can watch the, the broadcast and they can listen to the commentators say, hey, you know what? Everyone on this putt has overread this putt from here. Don't you think that's some kind of an advantage? I do think that's an advantage. However... Do you really think the players who are preparing to play in the afternoon are watching for the announcer's analysis if they overread this putt or didn't overread this putt? Maybe, I guess. But this also is available for every PGA Tour event as well. I mean, um, PGA Tour live coverage is on ESPN Plus every single week. So players could use that to their advantage if they tee off in the afternoon. Right. I mean, I agree, but I mean, most of the guys gear up toward the, toward the majors. So, um, I, I guess you could apply it to all events, but I think it's, it's somewhat of an advantage. Yeah, I would agree. You know, because typically the, the commentators will try to bring up points. Sometimes they just make up points, but sometimes they'll, they'll bring up points that, Hey, you know what? These guys are under reading this break or this, this slope is quite a bit greater the the green is soft in this area and the ball is spinning backward um you know i just uh, i just think it's an advantage well you have relationships with the pga tour players do you think that they do watch an espn plus to get this advantage i know for the u.s open guys definitely watch uh before they go out not so much during the week but on the weekends uh they, they will they will watch tiger woods used to watch 
Uh, I'm, I'm sure everyone's watching. Yeah. So at least a little bit. A, I'm they sure. wanna, yeah, they want to get a little bit. They're not watching 18 holes, but they're watching. It's on. It's background TV, and they're listening for uh, tidbits from either reactions from the players or reactions from the commentators. So yeah. I, I think uh, a, they should sequester these players. You know, <laughs> just like they do in courts. They say, "Hey, you can go home, but do you cannot cannot watch ESPN Plus." <laughs> So Rory McIlroy, like you said, Steve, got off to that hot start early, which is his first hot start in the major championship for a long time because he always struggles in the in the opening round, and then he has to play catch up, and that's why he hasn't won a major in about eight years or so. So right, do you think this is his tournament to win? I mean, some of the big names, John Rahm, Dustin Johnson, Scotty Scheffler, they're all over par. Justin Thomas is minus three. Kuchar is minus three. Zola Torres, who always rises to the occasion in PG in, uh, Major championships is there, but besides that, Xander Schauffele is two under. There aren't a lot of names that are under par right now, like big names. Right. Uh, you know, one of two things is going to happen. Today's the pivotal round for Rory McIlroy. Rory McIlroy has won major tournaments going away from the field. Yeah, just uh, playing a different game, playing. Uh, you know, just all cylinders are are working. And he made it look that way in the first round. He made it look easy. He did. One kink in his armor, and we'll talk about that in just a little bit. But today's round is is the pivotal round because he's teeing off in the afternoon. If he has another good round here in the afternoon, he maintains his lead. I think uh, this could be one of those Rory just lap in the field. The putting whisper helped him early this week. I'm talking about Brad Faxon. But, you know, sometimes you just... Historically, if you look at this year, his putting has not been good. So we'll just have to we'll have to keep paying attention. Today's round is very important for Rory McIlroy. What can he do with the lead? Uh, we we saw what Jason Day did with the lead a few weeks ago. Everyone was uh, claiming that he was back. That he's he's oh my gosh, look at him. He's going to be back to his dominance. And then he shoots seventy nine with the lead. So it'll be interesting today to see what Rory McIlroy does. He's playing with Tiger Woods and Jordan Spieth again. So it's a good group. It's a group that, that you're going to like to play with, uh, easy to play with, mm-hmm. other than the fact that the, all the galleries are going to be with, with that group. Um, I'm looking forward to today, to be honest. I, I just uh, They're going to show a lot of Tiger. They're going to show a lot of Rory. Uh, you know, not many people care about what Tom Hoagie does, although he's one off the lead. El Chipo no gimme, unless he does something great. I'm talking about Matt Kuchar. He's two off the lead. Unless he's doing something great today and making a run, they're not going to show him. They will show Justin Thomas a little bit. They'll show Xander Shoffley and Cameron Smith a little bit. Um, Would you say they, Justin Thomas has a bigger advantage going into the second round than Rory McIlroy since he's teeing off in the morning? Uh, I do. I, and I, I fully expect, unless he just, the wheels fall off, I expect Rory Mac or Justin Thomas to be leading uh, the tournament before the afternoon round, the afternoon wave tees off. I expect Justin Thomas to be leading this thing. It's interesting because you look at Rory, and historically he's not the greatest putter, but this year he's 38th in strokes gain putting. And of course he had the advantage of the greens being soft and not very fast in the morning. And there not being much wind, so he took full advantage of that with the putter. But this is one of Rory's best putting years in quite a while. Last year, he was 66th. Two years ago, he's 122nd. 
Um, three years ago, he was 24th. So that's what he's kind of doing this year. Four mm-hmm. years ago, he's 97th. So this is the year that if Rory was going to win a major championship, his putting statistic backs that up. Yeah, and let's not uh, let's not mince words. This guy's one of the best players in the world. He is above and beyond. Uh, you know, when you look at the the field here, he is one of your top ten guys. You say, hey, you know, at every tournament, this guy's got a chance to win. Now, will he win? We don't know. But going into the tournament. Win? You know what? I, I, it's too early. This, I, I will tell you after today's round. Oh, come on. After today's round. I don't think he's going to win. I, you know, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I don't know either, me, but I'm still going to make a me, take. Some of me wants to see, okay, what would be interesting for Steve? So some of it is kind of the NASCAR experience. We want to see a crash. <laughs> we want to see a crash and burn sometimes, you know? Yeah. Uh, and if Rory McIlroy crashes and burns, uh, it will be interesting. And then domination as well. Domination is a great thing. Rory McIlroy could do either thing. I mean, he's he's at the extremes on both sides, Tim. He could either crash and burn or be winning this tournament by four shots after today. Yeah. He's an interesting follow, that's for sure. You know, last week we were talking about what about all these these players that were anointed the next latest greatest, and you said they should be, and I mentioned the name Will Zelatoris, and isn't that amazing that he's up toward the top of the leaderboard? He's always on top of the leaderboard in majors, especially, I mean, the Masters he is. and The announcers were talking about how he's better from like 15 feet than he is from five feet because, because of the Because he has the yips. The yips. He has yeah. the yips, yes, yes. He's, uh, he's a yipper. Why and are players better from further away with the yips? Because uh, it, there's some psychology to it. When you get close, you anticipate, hey, you know what? I, I should make this one. And so you try to be more precise and the, the technical mistake that makes you kind of yip is, is a precision type. Uh, a lot of people yip because of the club face is out of position and they yip to try to get the face back in position. Now he's got a lot of safeguards in his putting to assure that uh, he won't yip. He's got the left arm lock still going. He's got the right hand saw. Uh, he's got the quick stroke going. I mean, he's got a lot of things that he's doing. Uh, he's doing to counteract the yips. And uh, it, when the greens get very fast, oof, when the greens get super fast and they get firm, that's when the yip, the, the yip will show itself, especially inside of eight feet. So from, from 15 feet, you're just trying, you're, I mean, you're hoping to make, you're just trying to get it close. So you're not putting, that the player is not, I can't say he's not as precise, but there's some wiggle room there that, uh, and I, heck, I've yipped a two-footer and I've yipped a 20-footer. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it, it can always show up. You never know when it's going to show up, but it can always show up. And mm-hmm. uh, that's one of the things, he's overcome that before, but. You know, we'll see. He hadn't won a major yet, though, has he, Tim? No, he hasn't. Yeah. Uh, however, he's put himself in position several different times already in his young PGA Tour career. It's his only second season on the PGA Tour. Um, today, since you're not making a prediction on whether Rory McIlroy is going to win or not, after the second round, I would love for you to go to Twitter and post your prediction on who you think is going to win. Okay, I will. I'll do that this afternoon. It'll, it'll be late this evening because a lot of these guys aren't going to finish till almost dark. Yeah. Um, 
How far are we into this podcast? Do we need to take another break? We're 28 we minutes. We're about to take a okay, break right now. Okay, yeah. so let me let me just say this. Uh, I'm going to let you noodle this before we go. We talk, Hank talks about great events, great courses, great fields, great setups, elicit great play by the best players. And uh, one of us mentioned last week that they thought that John Rahm had a great chance to dominate this event, and he's got off to just an absolute horrible start, three over. Uh, in his first round, as did Dustin Johnson. Guys that we used to pick almost every week is, hey, these guys These guys are uh, guys that we think uh, have a chance to win. Uh, what is your analysis? Think about it a little bit, Tim. What is your analysis of these players, players like the Dustin Johnsons, the John Roms, the, uh, you know, I'm not going to say the Daniel Burgers, but the guys that we think are, are dominant players. There's no dominant players. That, 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 I mean, that's just the fact. The Colin Morikawa's. Yeah, I, I, I do love me some Colin Morikawa, but these guys are just so inconsistent. You don't know which player is going to show up. They could miss right. the They could miss every cut in every major championship that year, or they could contend in every major championship that year too. John Rahm's only got one win this year. Dustin Johnson has no wins this year. Colin Morikawa, I don't think he has a win this year. Scotty Shuffler's got four wins. He's hogging all the wins. Cameron Smith's got three wins, I believe. There's a lot of players in the top 10 that don't have any wins. Rory, he doesn't have a win this year. Uh, no, he won the... No, yeah, he doesn't have a win this year. Max Homa won the Wells Fargo. Rory didn't win the Wells Fargo that he normally always wins because it wasn't at Quail Hollow. Um, so it's just interesting. I, I'm, the, I'm in the minute. I, I've got a, this question for you. So... I, I asked uh, Greg Ducharme, he was on the Minnesota Tim podcast previewing the PGA Championship this week, and I asked him, are there any players people fear on the PGA Tour anymore? Do players fear another player like they used to fear Tiger Woods, Phil Mickelson, you know, some of these great Hall of Fame guys? And he said, yes, John Rahm. But it's like John Rahm's got one win this year. Yeah, yeah. So I disagree with three- him. Yeah, he's three over. I mean, Greg Ducharme needs to concentrate on the word of the day is what he needs to concentrate on. That's what they're known for. Uh, they're not. He's not a great predictor. He's, he's uh, you know. Well, he said you know, his you know golf shots sound different on the driving range than any other player. So I said, oh, okay. <laughs> he is talented. I told you before when I saw him, he was still in college at Arizona State. He was hitting pitch shots. When uh, Scott Pinckney was over hitting some uh, some fuller shots on the driving range at Arizona State, and he was pitching shots up over the bunker, he was pitching them over trees, he was pitching them onto the greens, and he came over and he was pitching them with a five iron. This guy is talented, and uh, he's the. Uh, I'm not saying he's the next Sevi Ballesteros, but what I am saying is this guy's got some talent. He's he's a believer in himself. He works hard. Uh, you know, he now he's he's a little bit of a whiner, you know, uh, poor me. But, you know, I, I've never seen a guy, a current PGA Tour guy that gives more hand signals after he hits a putt and he doesn't make it. Oh, I thought it was going to go this way, go this way, this way, this way, this that's way. That's Sergio Garcia, is that, or is that John Rom? That's John Rom. <laughs> I think Rom. people fear John Rom because they don't know if he's going to throw his club and get hit by it. I think that's what he meant by fearing John Rom on the PGA Tour. Okay. Well, but I, I, I would be interested to tune in to see what his word of the day is. That's about it. <laughs> Everyone go to HaneyUniversity.com, sign up for a golf lesson. Haney University, Hank's back teaching in Arizona. 
HaneyUniversity.com. Get better at golf today. HaneyUniversity.com. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're talking tea, we're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Here are some examples of what you'll hear from us on Rappaport's reality podcast. This is where we discuss all things reality TV, all things popular culture. And a little bit of... Rappaport's reality, the reality of bit. us. We're a figuring out. And if we had been recording these last four or five days, Ooh. it, it would have been, Ooh, a, been the podcast would have taken a, a, a left turn. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carmen and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. On Purpose is dedicated to helping you be happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how he got comfortable with fear, navigating the changes in relationships, and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. This conversation shows a never-seen-before side to Orlando Bloom and his unique life journey. I think we all struggle sometimes to really deeply believe that we are enough, that we're valued, that we're valuable. You know, we're imprinted by our parents from the age of zero to seven, right? Mm. I'm constantly trying to go, like, how do I detach from my this idea of, what do, is, that, is that my baggage? I look like my baggage. I mean, I know, oh, okay, that's mine. Let's unpack that. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Tim, this podcast has gone very, very fast. We're in segment three. When you talked about Hank uh, back, in the, back in the saddle teaching, yeah, I mean, if some of my students are going to, to see him, uh, they want to the, get some, a blessing. And... Uh, it's a, it's a lot of fun to see the compound that he has at his house to get some lessons. Uh, when you sign up for a lesson, I mean, he goes above and beyond. It's, it's incredible. Now he took his show on the road here this last week. I called him. I had to ask him a question. Yeah. Who's he going to teach? He, he teased it on the podcast, but he didn't say who he is going to go teach. Really? I can't say, I can't really? say, I know, I know who it is. He's oh. a great guy, but now you interrupted me. I, I forgot what I was going to say. You're talking about Hank's teaching. 
Yeah, yeah, but he is ta- he take took it on the road. I called him to Mexico. And the phone the phone rang and it was one of those rings that I knew it was an international ring. And I said, "Man, are you down in Cabo?" He said, "Oh yeah, I'm down here." So, uh so if you got if you want him to go to you, <laughs> he can do that too. Well, you're going to have to pay a big bucks for that, I'm sure. Yeah, but yeah, but still, I mean, a lot of the people that are are totally into golf that have nice places to go want to play better at those places and so what a better way than to get hank to come and and help you yeah so, so tiger woods shot four over par in the first round looked like the same old tiger woods that we saw in the masters didn't look any better it looked like his leg got a little dinged up at the end of the round give us a little analysis of what you saw yeah you know i noticed on the front nine toward the latter part of it was his it was the back nine but it was his front nine because he teed off at number 10 was his number one. Uh, he did not look like he was in, in, in enjoying the walk, and what, not because he wasn't playing well, but because something he's got an issue there. Uh, it didn't look it didn't look comfortable. It looked painful. Um, you know, I hope he he figures it out because I've got twenty dollars on him making the cut. <laughs> I mean, he's he's one of the things that we know for sure. Now in the Masters, he shot seventy eight seventy eight the last two rounds after he made the cut. And people could say, "Hey, you know what? He just he, he bagged it. He just uh, he just wrote it out." Uh, Tiger Woods does not want to miss a cut, and uh, I'm I'm still saving some hope that that he will get find something this this afternoon. I think the cut is going to be. Let me see what the cut's going to be here. Probably Projected two or three cut. over par, one over well, par, maybe. No, it's going to be higher than that, Tim. It's going to be probably four over par will be the cut. Really. Yeah, yeah, four over par uh, is what I'm saying the cut will be. They're not projecting the cut right now, but uh, s- let's see here. 77th place, tied for 56th is two over. So what you typically do when you're estimating the cut, you double that first round score, Tim. So that would be four, and then you add one. But because there are 77 guys, I think it's 60 in ties, make it. I'm just saying I'm doubling it. I'm going to four. Okay. How about that? I like it. I, I gave you a little uh, gave you a little formula. Yeah. I think Tiger needs to change his formula off the tee. These guys are bombing it way past him and putting themselves in much better position while Tiger's hitting stingers off the tee and hitting it in the rough. Yeah. There's no intermediate rough at this course, which I, I like. It's a, It's a lot like the PGA used to set up the courses for majors, really tall rough. You've got fairway that's lush, and then it's almost like a curb, Tim. The difference in the height of the cut of the fairway in the rough looks like a curb. Now, it doesn't react like a curb. It's not a gutter uh, prevention (laughs) device. It doesn't knock you back into the fairway. Once it rolls in that rough, you can barely see the top of the ball. Yeah. Tiger's short game was really bad, too. Four for 11 scrambling in the first round. Yeah, that's not good for him. That's not good for him. Uh, I, I, I hold out some hope. I'm, I'm hoping that he's making the cut. I've, I bet on it. I was confident that he was going to make the cut. He's just too, he's too talented of a player, uh, not to make the cut. So I'm hoping he can, he can get through it today. So what if he misses the cut, then he's not too talented of a player to miss the cut? Well, no, it's it's just that, uh, maybe he's a lot more injured than we think. I was holding out hope for Tiger this week because he said that he didn't take a day off. Um, except for Masters Monday after the Masters, 
um, until this PGA Championship. And I figured that meant he was practicing, hitting shots, putting, practicing his scrambling game. But I'm sure it just meant taking nice cold baths. I'm sure that's what that meant. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's a lot to his preparation now. It's a lot of it's uh, his his physical well being. Uh, it's not necessarily. And Hank used to say this all the time. He's probably said it in the recent past that you know Tiger's short game is a function of how much he practices it. Yeah. Yes, he's talented, but when you don't practice it, uh, it 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 leaves you. So it's something that you got to maintain. He can't. He can't stand out there for hours and hours like he used to and hit pound balls and putt and all that. Um, I heard him on an interview, his pre-round, pre-tournament interview, talking about that he's about 20, 20 minute, uh, twenty-minute time intervals that he will practice certain things and will take a break. He'll go do something else. Twenty minutes—that's not a lot. So, not like he used to be. Fred Couples said, "Hey, you know what? You're Tiger Woods. You don't need to practice." But uh, what we're seeing so far in the PGA Championship is, wow! I wish Tiger would have practiced a little bit more. Yeah, you know, wish I, that that would have gotten him more comfortable. Yeah, I think it's fair to say that Tiger has officially entered the next stage of his career. We cannot expect him to be in contention every week in every major championship, but it's going to be the right place and the right time, just like it is with every other PGA Tour player. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. I think that uh, the the evidence uh, validates that. Now, Tim, I am ready. I am ready to uh, not ready. I'm gonna, I'm going to post who I think is going to win after today's round. Okay. But I, I just got to. I, I was going up and down. You know how I usually do. I, uh, the crystal ball got broken. So what I typically do is I'll scan up and down the leaderboard here on uh, PGAtour.com. I'll scan up and down the leaderboard. Typically, our winner comes out of the top 10 after the first round. I uh, think I know who you're going to pick. I'm going to take a picture of it. Hang on here. I'm going to take a picture of it. I'm going to send it to you. Can I not say it out loud? Well, no. You, but I want you to... I'm taking a picture, right? It's the one right in the middle. I'm taking a picture of it. Okay, tell me who you think. Tell who me you who think? you think you're gonna pick. Yeah, who who I was who's who I was thinking about right. You're there. gonna pick Justin Thomas, Cameron Smith, or Xander Shoffley. Ooh, you know what? You you hit it close. Really, in none picture, of those players. In the picture that I'm sending you, the picture that I'm sending you, it does have the top name is Xander Shoffley. Right under it's Cameron Smith. Uh, you're picking Mito Piera. No. I'm picking today. This guy will have a great round. Kevin Nananana. Really? You're picking yes. Kevin Nana to the win? This? Yeah. I, I just, I, I, some, something in me uh, is, is drawn to this tied for seventh Kevin Nananana. Wow. That's a take, I tell you. What. Yeah. So, uh, you listeners, you podcasters, you homies, <laughs> you watch this today. Kevin Nananana will make his he will make his mark in the PGA Championship today. I wonder if he's ever been in a final grouping at a major championship, or even in the final three groupings at a major championship. This might be a first for him if he does do that. Indeed, um, I still want to see your tweet later on this night tonight after the second round. You'll Just see. Uh, 
um, verify that you still believe that Kevin Na is going to win this major championship. But I have nothing else to say for this podcast. We had a great podcast, a good breakdown of every player. What? Are you done? What's that? Yeah. yeah I, I, ben, I you just kind of cut off there, man. You just yeah, I was tossing it over to you. You tossed it over off a cliff is what you did. <laughs> but hey, uh, I'm going to tune in to, to ESPN+. Plus. I'm going to watch this. I'm going to try to get some advantages. And uh, what we will see today is those guys will uh, leave the flag stick in. They will be hitting bombs out there, won't they, Tim? And what They're else? They're going to leave the flag stick in, hit butt, hit hit bombs, and make and make putts. Hopefully, that's awesome. All right, man. Until next week, this is uh, Minnesota Tim Steve Johnson signing out. We'll see you after at the awards ceremony. <laughs> Kevin, now. It's Kevin Nananana. The Hank Haney Podcast is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kiwi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny. The warmth of Fredo and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos' picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.